0: Welcome to the Your Money Counts podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank. I'm Jenna. I'll be your host for today's episode. Uh, In today's episode, we're continuing our fraud series, and we're going to be learning more about how you can safely use an app to move money. Uh, Before we start, we want to do our uh, get to know the banker segment. So if you could
1: both introduce yourselves, and uh, we're coming up on the holiday season. So what's your favorite holiday? Hi, I am Corey Boyd. I am a fraud analyst at Marquette Savings Bank, and my favorite holiday is Halloween. Ooh, spooky season. Love it.
2: Hi, I'm Lisa Lopez. I also work at Marquette Savings Bank. I manage the deposit operations area, and my favorite holiday is St. Nicholas Day on December 6th of each year. Oh. Leave your boot out, get a little treat.
0: Oh, so not Christmas. You like the the distant cousin of Christmas. I do.
2: Good way to put it.
0: <laughs> so we're going to just hop right into some questions um, and get into today's topic. Um, in today's world, you can pretty much do anything on your phone. Um, it's kind of uh, crazy how much we can do on our phones nowadays. Um, you can even download an app to send money to your friends and family. Um So, Corey, we'll start with you. So when someone sends money on their phone, how long does that
1: usually take to get to the other person? Instantly. Oh. It leaves your bank account right away. Oh, right away. Right away. Right
0: when you hit that button. Yes.
1: When you hit send, it's gone. Oh. So who can use these kinds of apps? Are they available to everybody? They're available to everybody. Um, Whoever you're sending your money to, you need to make sure they're also using the same app as you. Oh, okay. So
0: before, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, splitting a check with my sister, we went out to dinner. We need to make sure we're, we both have the same uh, app downloaded in order for us to be able to split that check and send money to each other. Yes, exactly. And do we need to have the same bank? No. Oh, okay. No. That's interesting. Um, so if I did say, you know, say I did send money to this friend and then I decided I wanted to get it back. Could I do that?
1: Depends. Uh, depends on which app you have. Um, when you send your payment right away, some will let you cancel it instantly, right? When you hit send, you, you will be able to cancel it. But in other apps that are out there, you are not allowed. Once that payment's gone, it is gone. They do allow the recipient who gets your money to refund you it if they choose to do
0: that. If they choose to do that. So they have to, you know, make the decision to send that money back. Yes, Okay. So it can be a little risky using these apps. Yes. Okay. Um, so say you did send money to that to this friend, probably wouldn't be your friend in this situation, and then um, you decided you wanted that money back and they said, no, I'm not going to give you this money back. Could you dispute that?
1: You can try to dispute it. These apps don't always... No, but they won't do disputes for you. They will tell you to contact your bank and let your bank handle it. So, uh, Lisa,
0: can you um, branch more off of this? Um, So if they wanted to dispute this charge and they called called their customer service for this app and they said, no, we can't do anything for you, um, what would be their next step? Would they call their bank?
2: Right. So when they call the bank, the bank's going to investigate that transaction and see how it came through. So there's many different ways that payments travel through the banking system. So depending on the type of transaction and how it was processed, there may be a point where we can stop and say, okay, fill out a form. Uh, we'll help you dispute this and say that it was really not authorized because you were you know, sending money under fraudulent circumstances. And in some cases, we can help you get that money back.
0: Okay, so um, we talked a little bit a little bit about how these um, money transfer apps work. Um, you have a friend that hopefully you've met them in person, and you know you decide you're going to send them that money. So what? Uh, before we get into more into the fraudulent side of this, because we don't want to say these apps aren't good, right? They do definitely have some, some goodness to them. So what would be a comfortable situation for us to be able to use these apps? Lisa, if you wanted to. So
2: I know where we work, Corey and I, a lot of times we'll have a food day for a special occasion, or if we want to throw, you know, a shower or something for somebody we know in in our families. And there's only that one person that's the shopper, right? We have one that we know. It's not me. I'm not the shopper. And <laughs> I'll be like, well, I'd <laughs> really happy to pitch in for that. How much mm-hmm. do you want me to send to you? And so if we have that same payment channel, it's just an easy way to collect that money. But I'm sitting right next to that person nine times out of 10. Uh, or, you know, maybe on a phone with a cousin saying, hey, I'm going to send you that. So it's somebody I know, I've right. met, I know I can trust. You've seen them face to face. And it's $10, $20, $30. Um, right. Not usually a thousand. Okay. Unless we're really going to eat a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of food. That might be more like Thanksgiving territory. We were talking about holidays. Um, So now we know some of the good that can come out of that and comfortable situations where we should be using
1: these apps. So how can these apps tie into fraud? So these apps tie into fraud um, because... It goes back to scammers will tell you how to pay. That is a previous episode we did and elaborates way more into it than Mm -hmm. we will do today. But these scammers want to use them because of the payments are instant. You cannot cancel them and or dispute them. It makes it a little bit harder for you to get your money back. Gotcha.
2: And a lot of these cases where the scammers are targeting you for something, they are creating a sense of urgency, right? Mm -hmm. There's an emergency situation or you are in big trouble, so I need you to hurry up and send me this payment. So that's the premise they're working under.
0: Right. And I know um, a lot of these, you know, we're talking about apps. This is usually on, you know, our smartphones, maybe an iPad or some sort of tablet. Um, So when they when you use this app and you're downloading it to your phone, um is it even possible that a scammer could take it even a step further and you know hack into your phone with with this information that you're giving them?
1: I wouldn't say hack. um you are allowing the scammer to access your device by their instructions. They are okay. telling you what to download and what to use, and they are getting onto your device. And they will download these payment apps for you. They will create an account, and then they'll send your money from your bank account to them. And they sign out of the app, and then they're off your phone and your device. And then it, you can't even tell that they did anything? No, it happens so fast that usually you don't even know what even happened. Oh, okay. And then
0: on the flip side of that, they could probably even just steal your information without going into your phone and just downloading it on their own device. And posing as you, now is that something they could do, right?
1: Oh yes, yeah. so they can take the the information that you have on any of your devices, whatever it may be, and they can impersonate you and use use it on bank accounts and open up things that you don't know about. And
2: and I think it's important to kind of what Corey said there about. You know, not being hacked. She raises a good right. point there. So the systems that are on your device, and especially the banking apps and and the apps used for healthcare, there's always a multi authentication. You have the username, mm-hmm. the password, and then you get a text message or phone call. And we've talked about that in some of the other uh, podcast episodes. The reason we like to say, well, it's hard to be hacked. You right. know, And people say, oh, my account's been hacked. Did you give a piece of that information away? Because the industries that use these app put a lot of development money into making them safe to use. The banks want you to use their app. Right. The doctor's office wants you to use that app to go and look at you know, the results of your test and things like that mm-hmm. because it's efficient. It's convenient. Right. So when people are rushed or hurried or scared into giving out their information, it's a compromise. Right. right. So now, yes, that person can go and act like you – Sign up for the app, send the money, and it looks like you did it. Okay. And it's your bank account. Okay. So there
0: is a definite difference between being hacked and being compromised. Absolutely, there is. Gotcha. So to go on with that, because we talked about how, you know, you said businesses want you to use these apps. And, you know, they're not all bad. There's you know, there's just, you know, people, you know, find bad things out of good. Um, So... Would a legitimate company like your bank or the IRS actually ever use these money sending apps to to get a payment from you? Was that something they would even do?
2: No, not really. So again, we're talking about the amounts, the convenience, you know, if we're out to lunch together and I don't have my debit card with me and you say, okay, fine, pay me back later or whatever. I'll pay you right now. I have this app. The IRS, if you owe them money, they're going to put a levy on you. So we're saying that these apps are definitely more for personal
0: use for people that you know, you've seen them face to face. That's the safest way to use them. And
2: right. They're called P2P apps, which is called, which is person to person. Okay.
0: So-, so if you did download this app and you fell for one of these scams um what happens what what do you do
1: so if you downloaded an app that gives the remote access you need to delete it right away okay then go into the payment app that was downloaded make sure to see if it's still logged in if it is see if there's a payment and then contact customer support let them know what happened to you that you were scammed Um, if you were not successful, you know, you couldn't get under the payment app, mm-hmm. then you need to call your bank, let them know what happened, have them go back to your bank account, let's see if there's a payment in there, you know, a transaction that kind of correlates to that payment app.
0: Okay. And I know you talked about deleting the app. So would you still, because deleting the app and, you know, keeping your account active with this company could be two different things. So would you recommend deactivating the account completely or would you just contact their customer service to, um, to see what they recommend you doing first?
1: So you definitely want to delete the remote access app. Okay. So then the other app would be the payment app.
0: Okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. So there's, so there's two, two, different two different apps, apps going here. on with yes, the Yes, in this scam.
1: Um, for the payment app, if you can get in and you want to deactivate your account, you, know, you, you need to deactivate it. You okay. should. But then you do need to contact that customer support. So after you contact this customer
0: support, um, would you then contact your bank?
1: Yes, most definitely. They will walk you through um, seeing what payments were made and how much and what they need to do on their end to help you recover from that. Okay, so it's almost essentially you'd follow the same
0: steps of calling your bank that you would if you fell for a scammer with, um, like, your debit card or even just giving out your account number to the wrong person, it seems like. Yes. So then I would call my bank, absolutely, and then what happens after I call my bank? Do they just assign me someone that's
2: going to take care of this for me, or do they... You get to talk to Corey in some (laughs) cases. Um, It'll depend on how, again, that payment went through. Um, The scammers are really good at knowing you know, what can be disputed, what can be recovered, what is like putting a bag of cash in a parking lot. I say that all the time in my trainings <laughs> at the bank. Um, it's just that instantaneous and that, you know, take it and run type of situation. So in some cases, the bank might not be able to help you recover the monetary loss. Gotcha. But we have experts in the field like Corey and Scott and other members of the department, Um, branches that can point you in the right direction in the resources that we have to kind of recover your identity, your account information, those types of things, which is equally important, even though you might be out some of the money.
0: Right. And to make sure this doesn't happen again. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we wrap up, are there any other tips and tricks that you guys might be able to give everybody in order to help them avoid these scams from these money moving apps?
1: Oh, yes. You <laughs> Before you want to do any of this, you need to do your research on the app. Look at the policies. See see what they can do for you. If, if you can cancel your payments, it might be, you know what you want to do in your favor, and then if they do disputes or not. So actually take that time to read those terms and conditions that
0: pop up when you download the app instead nobody of just hitting them. accept. We yeah, I mean, them, no one
1: reads them. them. It's but, like the biggest but, lie know. that
0: everybody tells that we've read the terms yeah, and conditions. you go to the website, go
1: to their, you know, the facts and conditions over their questions that you may have, and usually you can find those answers very quickly. Maybe less than five minutes.
0: All right. Well, if you needed more information on these uh, money movement apps, you can visit Marquette's Fraud Protection Center on the website at MarquetteSavings.Bank so you can understand the different scams that are happening. Um, Subscribe to the Your Money Counts podcast and write us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, The Your Money Counts podcast is brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank and Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.